Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Making Milestones podcast. I try to do this topic of podcast once a year at the end of every year, and this year I'm kind of starting it a little bit early because I have time today. So who knows? I might end up doing a part two to this if I think of more things and do it a little closer to the end of the year or come New Year um, because a lot has happened this year. Uh, And I kind of just talk about whatever... I have on my mind at any given moment. For those of you who are either new to these podcasts or didn't know this, I don't script my podcasts. I feel like that should be kind of obvious because it's kind of like ADHD, stream of consciousness, going off on a tangent style things. Um, But yeah, if you didn't know that, I don't script my podcasts. I just talk about whatever I think at any time and just record it all in one go and that's kind of the way I like to do things. The only time I really write stuff down is if I'm rattling off stats or stuff from studies that I need to make sure that I get it like correct no matter what. So uh, for that type of thing I'll write down bits and pieces but I try to just do it all in one go like this. So that's kind of like my MO with these podcasts and probably isn't a lot of people's cup of tea, but it works for me and it makes it really low maintenance for me to record these. So I kind of like it. But anyways, this podcast topic is going to be a year end recap. So I'm going to go over a bunch of the stuff that's happened this year. Any like epiphanies and revelations I've had, some tough spots that I've had and just talk about my year and hopefully it will resonate with people because this year has been a freaking journey and it's absolutely wild that it's almost over because it just has flown by at an insanely fast pace and like honestly I'm tired and I'm ready to leave 2023 behind. I'm really hoping 2024 will be a better more peaceful year but honestly I'm not going to hold my breath for that because the world is just chaos right now. It really is. But anyways, uh, yeah, so that that's kind of what these are. And hopefully it'll make some people feel better if you've had a year that's been difficult or if you've gone through any of the same types of hardships that I have. Hopefully this will help make you feel more heard. And also hopefully it'll just help you kind of reflect on your own stuff throughout the year because years don't even really need to be all that exciting or full of like massive accomplishments to be quite honest getting through the year and making it to the new year is enough of accomplishment as it is but for this one I'm just going to talk about all sorts of things that happened so 2023 has been a tough year for me it really has I've had a lot of endings and a lot of new beginnings and I've learned a lot of lessons that like I brought into 2023, especially at the beginning of 2023 from 2022 in that I came near, near the end of 2022. So like about a year ago, maybe like a little over a year ago, I kind of came to the conclusion that I wanted to change how I go about like my business with clients and whatnot, because I'd had some bad experiences with clients where We weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye on things and I found it really frustrating to have these ideas in place of what was best in terms of how to progress their horses and have them not agree with that or want to move them too fast or want me to ride them too hard when they were coming back from rehabbing injuries and stuff like that. And it put me in a position where in order to retain those jobs... I would have to put myself in a position that I didn't feel comfortable with. I'd have to put horses into programs that I didn't think they were ready for. 
So near the end of 2022, I came to the conclusion that I wanted to kind of take a step back from taking on as many clients and do really select clientele and kind of move towards doing more like online behavioral consults or going and doing clinics so that the understanding in those cases is that I'm helping people for the duration of that phone call to develop a plan for their horses in the future, or they're coming and seeing me for a clinic and getting advice on that day or that weekend that they'll then take and build on from on their own and then maybe just do check-ins rather than having me work with their horses on a weekly or daily basis and expecting a certain destination within a certain amount of time. Because uh, what I found with clients that I was doing like full training with, like I used to take in a lot of horses for full training programs and whatnot. Um, even if they started out not saying this, there was usually some type, at some point it would become present that they had an expectation of what they wanted the horse to be doing in a certain amount of time. And even if they started out being like, I just want them to be happy. I just want you to bring them along at their own pace and do whatever's best for them. Oftentimes there'd be a point at which this would kind of start shifting. Usually once the horse starts improving and they start seeing the potential that they might not have been able to see before because of the behavioral problems they were facing. And then they want to speed things up and push things along in a way that I didn't always feel was ethical. So... I got really burnt out and it was honestly a long time coming because like 2022 I had already started to take a little bit of a step back from working as hard as I had been because when I was also galloping at the racetrack and doing all these things I was riding like 15 to 20 horses a day and it was killing me like I didn't really have a life outside of work I was constantly exhausted and I was getting really soured to my job and I had slowly been trying to step back and away from things because it was just ruining me and it was making it no fun to work with horses anymore. So 2022 is kind of a build up to like that catalyst or sorry, it was like a catalyst to the eventual decision of going about how I do my training business a little bit differently and kind of reframing the way that I wanted to approach horse training with clients. Because the other thing too, is that when I was working with that many horses, I was so exhausted physically and mentally that I never had time to do anything with my own horses. So I was kind of hitting the point where it's like, why am I doing all this stuff to like pay for these horses and take care of my horses? And basically the only time I spend with them is just to do the bare minimum where I'm feeding and taking care of them and doing like the necessities, but I never get to actually enjoy my own horses. All of my energy and my thought, um, physically and mental energy goes into client horses and it was just like really frying my brain so near the start of 2023 I kind of started to make that shift and move on from taking on as many repeat full training clients because it was just too much and I wanted to be able to focus on my own horses and really start to put time into doing the welfare advocacy that I wanted to do and move forward into that. So 2023 begins. I've kind of taken a step back from most clients. I have select clients that I kind of pop in and check on and work with maybe on like a once a week basis or see them every couple of months or pop in when they need help and they need to troubleshoot things. And I start doing behavioral consults and more clinics. And then I also start to do more 
work producing content for like my Patreon, for example. So filming tutorials with my own horses or with the client horses that I do work with and then getting people to subscribe for a smaller rate than what I would charge if I was doing a one-on-one behavioral consult or a clinic or training their horses in person. So it's kind of like crowdfunding training in a way where I produce content where each person is paying a way smaller rate. But when you get the collective group of people doing so, it kind of makes up the difference more or less as to what I would be getting when I'm doing full training or more repeat clients. And for those of you who are interested in checking out my Patreon, I just want to do a small plug. Sorry, guys. Um, I have over 50 tutorials on there on all sorts of different topics and also other types of learning materials as well. You can check that out at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash S-D-E-Q-U-U-S. S-D-E-Q-U-U-S. It'll also be in the link of the podcast description. Um, but that's a great way to support my work and I post a lot of content to there and we also do monthly q a's uh so started to move towards patreon i also started to do more or, or try to get back into doing more regular youtube content and also like facebook recently accepted me into their um this was at the end of 2022 as well they accepted me into their influencer program where you can then get ad revenue and um get like payouts from posting on facebook and it was really lucrative for like the first three months but then they changed it because i guess they realized they were paying people too much uh through their reels program so now it's a lot less so but that still helps uh and then of course i also have my brand where we do bridles and equestrian apparel so I started to focus a little bit more on that and developing that so that I could have multiple revenue streams because another concern I had especially throughout all these stages of burnout that I was experiencing with client horses and especially with when I was riding 15 plus horses a day I was paranoid about getting a physical injury that would render me unable to work and then being unable to afford life because that would screw me over. Like I can't just like hire someone else to take my position and train horses and still make money. And also like people are paying for me in specific to work with their horses. So this is something that I was always very conscious of. And that's why I was like, I need multiple revenue streams so that I have something to fall back on if something happens. Like even if I broke both my legs tomorrow working with a horse, I can do a lot of my online behavioral consults and most of the stuff related to my product line from home so that was a huge thing for me is moving towards that point to like be able to take care of myself a little bit better and not push myself to the brink physically and also not be working in such a dangerous job where I'm at a greater likelihood of having a physical injury because I did have to ride through a lot of physical injuries over the years including a broken hand because I could not afford to take time off and it's not good. And I'm starting to realize now too, that I'm like, I've been in recovery for like well over a year, probably over two years now where I've been slowly recovering from burnout physically and mentally and realizing like how much wear and tear my body has taken and how I need to take care of my body better. If I don't want to hit a point later on in life where I'm going to be really, really physically messed up. Um, so I'm trying to move towards doing that more. And that was like a big change leading into 2023. So 
that was like one of the biggest changes in my work approach in the new year um, of 2023. And then the other thing that happened work related, which happened more so in the spring. So like after January, I think it was around like March, April, February, March, April, is we started the discussions of developing the Alliance for Horse Welfare and Sport, which is the welfare organization that I helped co-found amongst uh, several other welfare advocates that have been doing advocacy for a long time, uh, including Collectif Pour Les Chevaux, um, Equitopia's founder, um, and several other people who are in the um, horse welfare realm. And that's kind of when we started to develop our movement for that and talk about the changes that we wanted to see leading up to the 2024 Olympics. But it wasn't until like April or May that we actually made the official announcement to let everyone else know what we were working on. I had to keep it a secret and that was very hard, but that was something that I was very excited about because it was taking another step in the direction that I wanted to be heading business wise and also just personally for my personal interests and beliefs and what like I wanted to change in the world. Um, And that started in 2023. So that was really exciting. And obviously that has led to a lot more things that I didn't foresee at that time, which is also exciting. Outside of work-related stuff, I would say, like, a big thing that I went through in 2023 um, was that I ended two relationships. Not at the same time. I wasn't, like, cheating on people um, or in a polyamorous relationship. Like, you do you if you're polyam. Good for you. Not my thing, personally. So, I wasn't doing that. And the people that I was with, I was in, like, committed relationships with. One of them, like, the first one that I ended in May... I actually dumped him at my friend's engagement party and I called it like her, it was her engagement party, but my disengagement party, um, kind of sucked cause it, he, he did ruin the party for me a little bit. Um, but I needed to be pushed to that point to finally get out of that situation cause it was just like very toxic and emotionally abusive. And like, I mean, like I never, and like, I know for anyone who looks at my content, you've probably, if you've seen me post my relationships, you probably think that they're so wonderful and great and that both people seem like the best human beings ever. And I'm not, this isn't to say that they're like bad people, but like they were not good to me in those relationships. But when things weren't good, I just wouldn't post about it. And I didn't really talk to very many people about it. And the few people that I did talk to about it were really close to me. And even then, like until I was actually ready to leave, I honestly defended a lot of their behavior, even when it wasn't kind to me and even when it wasn't fair to me, because I didn't want to believe that they were actually coming from a place of malice. Like I would make excuses for the behavior and it was just not a good situation and I'm like honestly embarrassed with myself especially for the first one like how long I stayed in that relationship for because it was almost two years and there was so many different things that were just like so not okay and just like so nasty and toxic that like I am embarrassed that I let it go on that long because I think that not only did I do myself a disservice I think it was a disservice to the person I dated to let them believe that the stuff they were doing was okay enough to do and then be able to continue a relationship after without changing those behaviors um I don't think I did them any favors in letting that continue. Uh, If you want specifics on what happened, you can go back a few posts, uh, a few podcast episodes where I talk about more specifics on like the actual relationships. I'm not going to go into it this in this one because most of the stuff that was like the worst happened pre 2023. There was a few things that did happen in 2023 that were just kind of like 
repetition of stuff that had already occurred in past years where it wasn't good. So, uh, I finally managed to get the courage to kind of just leave that relationship, which honestly, like it was such a defining period of this year for me was leaving that and being heartbroken and being really sad and depressed, but then realizing that like I can get through it on my own with myself by supporting myself and obviously like having friends and family around me too but that largely like the healing came from within and that I could be happy without those people in my life and that I didn't need them and that the parts of the relationship that made me so unhappy it wasn't my fault like it wasn't it wasn't how I deserved to be treated and when I finally was able to leave and not go back and forgive them just to give into the comfort of being in that relationship and hoping that things would get better and was able to take enough of a step back to like part ways for like, like I think it was about one to two weeks before I really started to see things more clearly about like what had gone on. Um, When I was able to do that, I got way more clarity for like what I actually want to have in a relationship and what I don't want to tolerate anymore and it made me realize that like the hurt of that breakup while it really really sucked and honestly I was super super depressed the smaller hurts of like all of the times I was heartbroken and mistreated and hurt by things that he did they accumulated to so much more pain than any breakup possibly could because I just kept repeatedly getting hurt by someone I loved so much and someone who I thought loved me and having them do things that you shouldn't do to anyone that you love that were just not considerate and not nice and were very selfish. Those repeated hurts over time even if in the moment I healed from it easier because like I would forgive them and then we'd like trauma bond and go back to relative normalcy for like a few weeks or like a month or whatever and then have the next bomb drop again those little hurts were so much more painful over time and like the amount that it took my took away my ability to enjoy life and be able to do my job well and be able to look forward to the future and be able to trust this like these the person I was dating I didn't realize how profoundly it was impacting me. Like, honestly, I was like a shell of myself. And now looking back, I can see that because like I, I missed out on so many fun opportunities because I was too depressed to go do them after we had like spats that resulted in me just being depressed. There were so many days where I could not get out of bed because there was fights that really deeply hurt me and made me feel absolutely worthless that I lost entire days, like beautiful spring summer days where I could have been out enjoying my horses and hanging out with people who value me as a person more than that, that I lost because I was just sitting in my bed being depressed and wondering how someone who said that they loved me could do these things to me. And I lost so much time over the course of almost two years. And I also impacted my own work and my own career because I was so mentally shattered on such a repeated basis that I couldn't do my job properly at all. And I didn't realize the gravity of it until after. Like, even smaller things like my general appearance, like, honest, not to say that, like, it's not like I let myself go because I 
like I do the same, I, I dress the same, I wear makeup barely ever, all the same things now, but like I would get like stress breakouts so badly because I was so stressed and I just looked sick and also TMI, but like my period stopped for like a year because I was that stressed and I didn't realize, I thought it was because of my IUD, but then immediately after breaking up with this person, it came back and there's all these little things where I didn't realize I was just completely putting my own life on hold, my own goals on hold, my own belief systems on hold and losing my voice and silencing myself and losing who I was as a person because I was walking on eggshells to try to avoid fighting and avoid being hurt and clinging to who I initially believed the person I was dating to be, like who they showed me in like the honeymoon period in the first few months when they're trying to actively win me, even though all of those charades dropped away over time and would sometimes reappear at very choice times, but honestly never to the extent that they were when I was trying to be won and pursued by them. I clung to that belief that that was truly who the person was for almost two years. And I almost lost myself. And I'm so glad that it finally got to such a point that I was able to be like, no more, no, and leave. Because it was killing me. Like, I was so freaking depressed. And even this year, like, since this happened in May, like, I lost almost half of this year being in a circular, like in a cycle of depression and hurt and constant anxiety and feeling like I had no voice and having to choose between knowingly starting a fight by advocating for myself and saying when I was hurt or having an internal fight go on within me by sweeping how I actually felt under the rug to placate someone else so that they didn't have to feel bad about the fact that they hurt me and hold themselves accountable. And it was just, like, so bad. So, honestly, that's, like, this seems such, like, a trivial thing. But that is one of the things that I'm most proud of myself for this year is getting through that situation. Because it has led to me developing such a different perspective going into 2024 that now, which I'll get into as we go further into this podcast um, once I get through more of the year. But now I have a better perspective of, like, what I want in life and what I want to focus on. And I know that like business-wise and career-wise, I have big plans. I've done a lot for myself and I've created, I've created a business, I've created a brand and it's actually functioned for longer than what they say like most startups function for. Like it's, I've, I've done okay for myself, you know, and like I've done it all on my own without help from people I've dated. If anything, they've impeded my ability to do so, with the exception of one of my longest-term boyfriends, who's, I'm still friends with him and his family. Um, But that's not who we're talking about, because it was not anywhere close to this year or impacting this year whatsoever. Um, But, like, I'm proud of myself, and I've done things for myself, and now I've hit the point where it's like, I cannot let someone ruin that if they don't see me. If they don't see enough value in me as a person to care when they hurt my feelings and to not want to repeatedly do it and have me be sobbing and breaking down in front of them and then still blow me off, I can't do that anymore. It's not fair and it's not the way I would treat anyone and that's kind of the perspective that I've started to approach things with is like I want to date someone who reflects the same energy I do in the relationship. I want to date someone who 
values my feelings enough that like even if they feel my feelings are hurt for a reason that they didn't deliberately contribute to they care enough about my feelings to talk to me to hear me out and vice versa because that's what I would do for someone else that they value me enough to value the plans we make to together not consistently blow them off that they are hurt when they see me hurting because they don't want me to be hurting these are all of the things that I feel about people I love and I haven't always been so lucky to actually have that reflected back to me in relationships. Like I'd say more of the relationships I've been in than not have been pretty one-sided where I'm the one putting the most effort in to maintain the relationship and care about their feelings and try to make sure they're happy and comfortable when that's not always being directed at me. I have had relationships where it has been so now I know what it can be like but oftentimes I seem to attract a type of person that doesn't do that. Uh, But anyways, that was one of my proudest moments is getting out of that situation and just like leaving and moving on and becoming a different person and reclaiming myself and realizing how bad things actually were and starting to develop healthier coping mechanisms. So anyways, following that the end of that in May I started to focus on myself way more I started to do way more stuff with my horses I started to listen to audiobooks because I hadn't been reading in like so long because I'd been so stressed and so burnt out from work and also like the relationship things so audiobooks were a good compromise because I could listen to them while I'm going and feeding my horses and where I'm walking around or where I'm puttering around fixing fence lines um, or when I'm riding I could listen to them so I started listening to a lot of like psychology and self-help audiobooks and I listened to The Myth of Normal by Gabor Mate, which honestly I've brought up probably so many times in this podcast I'm so sorry you can I'm, it's obvious I am obsessed with Dr. Gabor Mate um, and that I love his work I, it's, it's, it's become abundantly apparent at this point, especially to anyone who actually listens to every one of my podcast episodes. They're probably like, when is she going to shut up about him? I won't because I love him. His work is amazing and his books are life-changing. I've listened to way more of them since listening to that one, but that one really helped me heal and kind of reclaim myself and redefine my path in life. And It also helps me feel less alone because I work alone a lot of the time. A lot of my work is just me doing it and it can be really hard to motivate yourself when you're depressed, when you're completely by yourself and you have no one to body double with, especially when you have ADHD. So listening to these audiobooks kind of gave me like a little friend in my ear to be talking to me and keep me away from my dark thoughts that would then put me in like a state of like loading mode where I'm just buffering for like six hours of the day sitting in one place in a freeze state so they helped me get out of that state and then it also helped teach me a lot of things that then helped me develop healthier coping mechanisms as time went on so anyways I started to work more on this welfare campaign for the alliance for horse welfare and sport and we started to develop the plans for the Paris uh the the Paris meetup in September that I later went to this year which I have talked about also on this podcast if you want like a full recap of that there's also an article that I wrote for Concordia Equestrian Magazine that just got published back in November where I talk about my experience if you want to check out that one but anyways we started the plans for that we started marketing it we started releasing all the accounts for it and it was very very exciting it was something that I was super super excited about doing and very passionate about and it kind of 
supercharged the path that I wanted to go on in the horse world as well. And I started to post more about these things on my pages and post more regularly, especially on my Facebook page and really just start working towards the plans that we had in place for this. And then leading into the summer, it also gave me more plans for my horses. I started to work with my own horses more. I started to film them more and like do more photos and stuff with them and just kind of had like a summer of enjoyment where I was going on more trail rides and whatnot. I started to connect with friends more because honestly, throughout being in emotionally abusive relationships, I had kind of disconnected from friends. And also a lot of my friends didn't like the guy that I was dating and therefore didn't want to hang out with him. Um, so... I isolated myself and I kind of pushed away friends because I didn't want to talk to them about what was going on because I knew what they were going to say. They were going to be like that. You need to get out. And I didn't want to hear that. And it made me very lonely. So anyways, I started making more of a point to contact friends and not isolate myself and create this self-fulfilling prophecy of feeling lonely and feeling like no one cared when really it was me largely doing that to myself. And then that helped me to feel more fulfilled and heard and it helped me to be happier. And, um, then I started going on like dating apps and kind of exploring the idea of talking to people and seeing what was out there, which honestly largely bored me. No offense, guys, anyone that ever listens to this that has met me on a dating app. I'm a big time texter. Phone calls scare me and give me anxiety. And I also am so busy that I do not want to go on a date with someone if I'm not sure that we won't like that we won't vibe like at least decently because there's like a bunch of red flags that I have that like if I sat down on a date with someone and they were like, it could be something as little, well, I don't consider this little, but like to some people it is something as little as being like, oh yeah, like I love Elon Musk. He's the coolest person ever. I wish I was a billionaire. I would be like immediately, I would know that's not the person for me and I would want to leave. So there's certain things that I try to find out before ever agreeing to meet with people because I just know that they're not going to be my vibe. Um, Anyways, so most of the people bored me because they weren't very good conversationalists texting-wise. And I also just wasn't in a position where I was all that motivated because I was, like, very, and still am, honestly, very distrusting of men and, yeah, people in general, honestly, because they, they can mislead you and they can sell, like, a really good version of themselves initially. And then when the real one comes out, you're already kind of invested and then it hurts and you're really sad. Uh, so I wasn't super into it, but then I met someone on a dating app that seemed like amazing. And like, I like the first part of the relationship, I was like, wow, this seems too good to be true. Like things are moving fast. Uh, like I, maybe I'm just paranoid, but this seems too good to be true. Or is this what, what stuff's supposed to be like? But then I convinced myself that it's like, no, like you're just afraid of being happy. This isn't a red flag at all. This isn't love bombing. You're just afraid of being happy and you're so taken aback by someone treating you how you wanted to be treated that you're convincing yourself it's too good to be true. But I should have listened to the voice in my head because it was and it was love bombing. <laughs> um, but anyways, I went into my clown car, shoved my clown shoes on and clowned around in another relationship that I wish I never made public because I'm fucking embarrassed yet again. Um... And it kind of sucks for those of you who don't have like a big social following, even if no one brings it up, I, I just know they know. And that's enough for me. Like I'm, I'm embarrassed about the fact that I publicized this relationship as early as I did, but I felt so good about it and it was being reciprocated. So I thought we were on the same page, but we were not. 
And for the first few months, it was great. And honestly, like the whole way along, I felt so good about it. And like my friends and family that met him felt good about it too. And they thought that he was great and seemed so nice. Um, and then I went to Paris <laughs> and still everything seemed pretty great and nice. There was like a few things that were like yellow flags, I guess, where it was just like, oh, I don't love that. But like, it wasn't a big deal. And it was just like one of those things where it's like, no one you date is going to be so perfect that you don't even get ever irritated by anything they said. So I was like, okay, like I, I'll put a pin in this and just keep an eye on it. Um, but I'm going to backpedal a little bit to the rest of the summer and just be like, okay, so I, I enjoyed my horses more summer. I rode more. I went on more trail rides. I started Banksy under saddle this year and started doing more work with him after he was like on the back burner a lot. Cause I was literally just too depressed, like all winter and early spring to do anything like groundwork and anything. Like I was so depressed. I couldn't do anything. So I started to do more with them and that was great. Started to do more with like Harlow and Milo also. And that was awesome. Had a pretty nice summer where I was like out actually being more active and doing more activities and just like really enjoying myself and being happy uh and also exploring this new relationship and being really happy about that and then in the lead up to France there was like some bumps in the road where I was like okay like my truck transmission my 2018 this also I've complained I've probably complained about this as much as I've raved and like talked about how much I love Gabor Mate but my truck transition in my 2018 Ford went and then I had to pay a six thousand dollar bill to go and I was honestly initially going to cancel Paris and just not go but then I started to do a bunch of like like I had some fundraisers here where we did like silent auctions and I started to take on some more jobs and clients temporarily and had like a bunch of sales to make it possible and then I was still able to go which is good but it was so unbelievably stressful it was so stressful um so I did end up going and that was great and it went really well and it was so empowering to meet like all the people that were like like-minded that were there to talk about the welfare stuff and to connect and like meet in person a lot of the people that were part of the alliance and also to go back and forth with FEI representatives in person where they couldn't just like block me or stop answering that was super empowering and I loved every second of it and I really want to do more of that I love it was so much fun um really really great life-changing time so amazing uh, but I talked about that at length in another podcast, so I'm not going to rehash that as much, so much to say that it was just very empowering and it just helped reaffirm to me what path I want to be on going forward into the future. And I just, I loved it. Uh, so that was fantastic. And that was in September. I'm going to rewind for a second again, uh, to touch on the Mustangs. Um, the Mustangs have been such an amazingly healing part of my journey as an equestrian. They've really helped me to like slow down and just enjoy kind of being in like a meditative state and enjoy being in the moment and just take things slow. And like when I was really struggling with depression throughout like last winter and then like early spring and then like early of this, the parts of this year, they were like really comforting to work with because there was like such low expectations and I could just go and just sit quietly and just like exist with them and there wasn't like any specific timeline and like that was also something that was a huge learning curve for me this year because like I still sometimes find myself feeding into expectations that like the horse world sets um like oh like the time that you take working with like why aren't you riding your mustangs yet why aren't you doing the xyz with them yet that means you're a shitty trainer so that would sometimes be in the 
back of my head making me feel bad for not progressing further with them to do things that other people view as more valuable. But in working with them and, and being so depressed and having to put myself first and just not having the energy to do more, even if in theory I could, I had to kind of relearn and kind of be more gentle with myself of not to buy back into those mindsets that are so toxic and to not to, to tune out the noise on social media where people would be trying to bait and antagonize me into feeling the need to prove myself in a way that was just so unhealthy for me at the time but also probably not in the best interest of the mustangs either but honestly a large part of the timeline i've had with these mustangs has been for myself because I was too depressed to do anything. I could only do the bare minimum and just exist with them and get them used to the absolute basics. I did not have the energy to do much more. And there were so many days where I literally could not get out of bed and I had to tell my mom to go check on them and check their waters and feed them because I couldn't do it. I couldn't go. I couldn't get myself out of the house to go check on them. So the times that I did go, just being there and having driven to go see them was a win in itself. So they've been so healing and important to me for learning how to slow down and value my mental health and my physical well-being more and not be in a rush and not be trying to fulfill a timeline for other people largely, not for myself, not for their best interest, but for other people to put on a show for social media to my own detriment because I was barely doing the bare minimum. Like, getting out of bed was hard enough as it was. So that really slowed down my work with them, but I learned how to accept it and just be happy with where we were going and be happy with the fact that we could engage in cooperative care and I could trim them myself and that I could lead them at liberty and that I was teaching them how to trailer load at liberty and all these little things that on paper aren't as exciting as riding them and taking them to horse shows and doing all these things that people might value more. But they were important things that I was able to do in gentling them on such a large plot of space where largely they could just choose to get away from me. So it was very limiting and it was so healing and it really put me in the moment and forced me to focus on what was in front of me and just be calm. It was very healing for my anxiety and it was really good for trying to pull myself out of a massive depression. And that is something that I value so, so much. Like they're such amazing girls and they have been such a huge part of my healing journey as a person and just like fine tuning my training approach and also getting to participate in a case study that is gentling wild horses at liberty when they have that much space to get away from you. The whole thing was just like so, so good for me and so healthy and I brought them back to my house in August and that's been really nice having them so close by and having all my horses in one place. It's made working with them a lot easier and I get to see them every day and there's less guilt involved now too because I see them most days and even on days where I'm having like a really hard time, um, it's, it's better because they're around and there's not as many days where I have a really hard time going. So that's been absolutely incredible for me. Um, and they've been so important, but I really want to stress the fact that a large part of the timeline I've had with them has been about healing myself and putting myself first. And 
doing what is healthiest for me, even if it means being less entertaining to social media and not doing my job in the way that I initially intended to, because I initially intended to film way more of the footage. But then there was so many days throughout the winter in specific where I was so depressed or I had been crying or where me and my boyfriend at the time were arguing in the background of the clips, which I shut down pretty quickly because having that anger and bad energy around them made them upset and that also set them back a little bit because there is one occurrence in particular where there was a yelling outburst on his part around the mustangs and that really bothered me because it scared them um but there was a lot of days where i was just so depressed and like not up to being in front of a camera even though i knew that i should be filming their progress and getting as much footage as possible for the case study but i just couldn't do it so i scrapped that and i was like look i i went into this with this plan but i am not doing well right now and i need to just do whatever i can muster rather than trying to stick to a plan that i made before i was feeling as bad as i am now uh and like when I was idealizing things and maybe still in like a pretty hefty denial. So I did that. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how things have gone because like they've both come out of their shells so much and they're like so friendly now and they're like my friends. And like next year, once the weather gets better, that, that'll be when I start to plan more training that's related to like doing things that people might value more, such as like starting them to ride. Um, taking them on trail rides and whatnot, but not right now. So that was a really important and healing part of my year. But anyways, we'll go back to September now um, and talk about me getting back from France. <laughs> and this is kind of where this year tanked yet again for me because I had like a really low point between January and May of this year and then between end of September to like mid to end of November. So like really recently I was having not a good time at all. October was a terrible month for me. It was so bad. I was so depressed and not doing well at all. Uh, so I get back from France and things are kind of normal. I'm getting back into the swing of things, dealing with my horses, reuniting with my boyfriend at the time who I thought was like the love of my life and I was so excited to see him again and things seemed completely normal for like a little while um but then they like did a very swift turn to not being normal um very suddenly um and like I just got the feeling that I was like being lied to about certain things so I got suspicious and like something that I want people to know about me is that like as far as like dating goes like I'm really not a jealous person and I'm really not like a controlling person. Like I don't care if guys have girlfriends at all. Like I know that's the bare minimum. Like it, it, it's insane when girls don't want their boyfriends to have any female friends. That's insane. Um, like the friendship should be appropriate. Like if they're banging their friends when we're in a monogamous relationship, probably not appropriate. Uh, but I don't, I don't care. Like even if people are friends with their ex exes if it's appropriate and it's not like toxic or it's not like crossing a line I don't care but there are some things that I started to get a little suspicious about because I felt like I was being lied to um and initially like I let it go where I'd be like oh like hey how are you doing are you okay um and be like, yeah fine I'm just really stressed with work which is a reasonable thing to be when you're a resident doctor working like 80 hour weeks so I was like okay cool 
and I took his word for it because I think it would be crazy to not and to continue nagging someone in that situation because if they actually were telling the truth then they'd be upset with you for not believing them and even if they are lying and you did that they'd be upset with you for nagging them um but yeah, I started to notice some weird things. Did like he did like a little bit of a 180 pivot with stuff that he'd been saying about like how toxic his ex was. Um and really just like that like it like kind of likening it to my last relationship in that it was emotionally abusive, etc. and I believed it for a while. Um and I'm honestly one to usually believe the women, but the way that it was discussed and like some of the things that I had seen from the conversations and just like the history and what his family members had seen it seemed to track but then there was like a 180 pivot where it's like suddenly this person doesn't feel toxic and I need to be like talking to them on a daily basis and then randomly after saying that he never wanted to see her again meeting up with her and I was like okay that's kind of weird and I was like you know you do you but like I feel weird about this because this is like a complete pivot from what you were saying to me before and now you're like saying conflicting things over and over and over again and like after the, that meeting happened it was like oh like don't worry about it we're just meeting for coffee um and then I just found out more and more like it wasn't coffee she actually came over to his apartment and they had like dinner together and I was like okay like I don't love that that makes me uncomfortable given the circumstances and how cagey this whole thing has been don't love that um, and then more and more just kept coming out because I kept like kind of pushing and being like, okay, like I feel like you're leaving stuff out. Um, and then suddenly it was like, oh, I've been having like doubts about our relationship for the last month, even though like two weeks prior to that, everything was the same and talking about the future and all these things that you should not say to someone if you're doubting the relationship because it's a fucked up thing to do and really manipulative and kind of gross. Like I learned a new term um, following this relationship called future faking and 100% that's what he did to me. If he's listening to this right now, you future faked me. I don't care if this hurts your feelings or makes you mad. It's what happened. If your family members listen to this, you future faked me. You lied and you manipulated me and you strung me along to believe a reality that you didn't intend to uphold. And then when I called you out on it, you tried to deny it and say that I was crazy and that I had missed nonverbal signals um, and that I should have taken the hints and that you didn't actually say all those things. But one thing that I'm really thankful for this relationship because I've been gaslit so much in my prior one, which is also why I'm still pissed off about this because I think it's fucking insane to date someone who you know is coming out of an emotionally abusive relationship where they were gaslight, gaslit to the point where they questioned their own perception of reality deeply um, and were reliant on looking at text messages to make sure that they weren't crazy. Like, this was something that I had disclosed. Um, only to do that to them again. Like, I think that's insane. That is villain energy. Um, but anyways, uh, I'm thankful that in this case, I also had text messages to go look at that confirmed that I was not, in fact, crazy and that these things that I believed had actually been said to me. Um, but I think it is so incredibly manipulative and in like and just downright nasty for people to be saying things that they don't mean especially repeatedly again and again and again and just being like so overt about them and then not actually meaning it and then also worse pretending that they never said those things in the first place and that the person which is me um was way more invested in a relationship and tried to push along the speed of it at a rate that they were uncomfortable with when they were actively involved in doing so uh 
that really bothered me. So anyways, there's all these sketchy things that started to happen, like literally within the span of a week. And like, I don't know if it was just like the facade that had been used to manipulate me just completely unraveling all at once. And then the more I started to notice these cracks in the mask, the more it unraveled because I was catching a lot of things and kind of calling them out. Um, so that happened, said that he'd been doubting things for like a month. And I was like, okay, well, if you'd been doubting things, why are you talking about a future and like planning plane tickets to go visit your parents in another fucking continent so I can meet them in the new year? Like that is insane energy, honestly. Like I'm, I'm laughing a little bit now because I'm just like, that is crazy because don't get me wrong. I've had doubts in relationships before, but if I have doubts to the point where I don't know I want to stay with the person, I'm not even planning for Christmas, even if it's only like a month and a half away, because I am not that out of touch with reality. And I also am so acutely concerned with breaking someone's heart. Like I I would rather have my heart broken than to be the person that has to dump someone who is completely in love with me. Full stop. Like that that I that it it would destroy me if I had to do that. So I'm very careful about what I say and like only saying things that I actually mean and intend to follow through with and that's kind of my integrity in a relationship. But I've learned deeply now that many people don't maintain those standards. Uh so yeah, more stuff unravels. Um, and then <laughs> I am told that he had like a crush on someone at work, which I mean, like sometimes you're attracted to people and you like them, but you know that you're not going to pursue them. And like, like, I don't know, there's been people I've seen that I think are hot while I'm dating someone else, but I don't pursue them and I don't cross any lines. Um, but then I find that out and he takes her, well, on a date that like we had actually agreed to go on rock climbing. Um, so I was like, Whoa, that's fucked. Uh, and because I'm a clown wearing clown shoes, I kind of bought the excuses and was like, okay, like, I guess, um, I guess if you're really apologetic and like, this is early on in a relationship and you feel we've moved too fast, maybe that's okay. But then, then when we were driving one time, and he asked me, like, open his phone to maps or something. I see Hinge on his phone. Well, we're, mind you, we're in an exclusive relationship where we had both agreed to be exclusive. And another red flag that happened early on in the relationship that I did not see as a red flag, I just thought it as, I saw it as, like, a little eccentric and kind of weird, was that when we agreed to be exclusive, like, he sent me a screen recording of him deleting all the dating apps that he had and talking about how, like, excited he was about us being together. And now I view that as a red flag because I think that going to that level to prove that you're not on a dating app anymore is like something that only a cheater would probably do personally, where you're trying to like oversell the fact that you're committing to this person. So now I see that as a red flag, but at the time I didn't. Um, but because of that video, it wasn't even like where you could lie and be like, oh, I forgot to delete it or whatever. Um, no, like I, I knew it had been redownloaded. So I was like, what the fuck is that? Is that hinge? And then this is where I met with some defensiveness. And then also 
kind of getting mad at me, um, honestly, and being like, oh, you're vilifying me. I'm not a terrible person. It's technically not cheating. I didn't meet up with anyone. I just wanted to see what's out there. And I was like, okay, well, if you want to go there, let's say it's not cheating because you didn't actually hook up with anyone. Okay. But like, this is the foreplay to cheating. People who don't cheat don't download dating apps while in a committed relationship. Like, even if I was at the point where I was thinking about doing something like that, the guilt of actually following it through and downloading it and reopening my profile would be so all-consuming that I wouldn't do it. I I couldn't do it. I wouldn't. And so anyways, I wasn't really willing to let this go and like rightfully so, honestly, but I was then kind of guilt tripped for not letting it go soon enough because he wanted to move on and like be friends or like be on civil terms and not have me keep bringing it up because it was stressing him out and damaging his ability to work, which I mean, sucks to suck. Don't fucking download Hinge and be pursuing two lives um, when you work 80-hour weeks as a resident doctor. Seems like a pretty fucking stupid thing to do when you're that short on time. But what do I know? I am just but a little horse trainer who plays with ponies for a living, you know. Uh, I'm being totally sarcastic and I'm sure you can tell that I'm still a little bit bitter about this because I'm just like, what the fuck? Um, but I'm bitter because I'm also mad at myself because I know that I deserve to be treated better than this. And I honestly thought that like, hey, like if I date someone like a little bit older than me, they'll have their shit together and they'll be more mature and yay, not what happened. Um, because I kind of got indirectly blamed for not being willing to forgive someone for doing like a faux pas that is totally like totally disrespecting a relationship and like the relational contract like as far as I'm concerned too it's like I get miffed when like I'm being a girlfriend to someone and doing girlfriend things and like committing to them and they're not fully committed because then it's like okay I'm doing those things under false pretenses then because if I'd known that it was like okay we're both still kind of looking around I would be doing the same thing and there's a seven to one ratio of guys to girls on dating apps. And I think this is honestly partly why guys like this don't want to do it where it's like, oh, we can both not be exclusive because they know damn well that they'll like people like myself and like ladies that are dating men, like non-binary women, whoever, if you are a female presenting person who is pursuing straight men in any capacity, even if they're not your sole target, there is a seven to one ratio of men to women on dating apps where they are looking to date women. So there are way more options for women. And odds are in that scenario, if you're not exclusive and you're not ready to fully commit to someone who wants that type of commitment, they're probably going to come across someone who's willing to do that for them. That is a better partner than yourself. Eventually, if you let them have that. And I think that that's probably why it wasn't said to me because I think that there's people like this that want to have the option for them to go and see more people, but they are selfish enough that they want their partner to be just theirs and fully committed to them, which is insane. Absolutely insane. Um, but anyways, um, so that happened. Super pissed off about the hinge thing. Um, but I'm trying to be like a better forgiving person and not hold hatred in my heart. So I was like, look, that is really shitty. I think that's really shitty. I think that's beneath the type of person that you're capable of being. 
And I'm really disappointed that you did that to me because I would never do something like that to you. Um, and then I kind of got back and forth about like, oh, like, how do you know you'd never do that? You can't say that. You think you're so much better than me. And it's like, no, like, I just know who I am. Like, I would never do that. I wouldn't. Like, if I'm not fully committed to someone, then like, I wouldn't date them and be exclusive. Uh, and that's just who I am. Like, I have never had a hard time committing to someone. I've never cheated not even vanilla foreplay cheating, like, uh, downloading Hangeville in a relationship. I've never, ever done shit like that. Like, even throughout high school, I had more integrity than that, and that was, like, so many years ago. But that aside, um, I decided that I was like, okay, like, look, like, maybe you had a lapse in judgment because of the, the absolute stressors that your work life poses on you. I'll give you that, but still, still don't trust you. Still super fucked up. Still don't like the fact that I feel like I'm being one of those girls that now is like, if we were to be together, I'd need to like check your phone and stuff. Never want to be that person. So wasn't comfortable with it. But then I was like, okay, yeah, maybe we can be on friendly terms. Um, no dice. Cause there was just like the friendly terms was absolutely dependent on me just completely letting everything that happened leading up to this go and like basically never bringing it up again um and never being upset by it even when I was told like hey like I just can't date or commit to anyone right now I'm too busy with work and then I fucking see this guy on Bumble with his profile saying that he's looking for a relationship and that he's a very loyal committed partner um who wants a long-term relationship and I was like wow um, and I will admit I did say something a little petty to that where I was like, hey, you might want to change your dating profile to be more accurate so that you don't attract women who are looking for a committed partner and will read that and be like, wow, that sounds fabulous. Um, that was petty. Didn't need to do that, but I did because I was petty. I was feeling pretty fucking petty. And I was like, that's also shitty for the girls that are going to fall for this. Um, anyways, so <laughs> all that happened bunch of other stuff happened. October was a really shitty month for me where I was like so fucking blown away because like honestly this was the last thing that I would have thought that this person was capable of honestly like I fully believed that like they were just too empathetic and kind and caring to pull a uno reverse like this so it was honestly in some ways worse than my last relationship even though it was a way shorter one because like I came to expect being treated shitty in certain situations with my last relationship and I didn't at all in this case. So it just fucking blindsided me to the point where I was like reeling. Um, but I dodged a bullet. So I'm really happy that I fucked around and found out in that short of a time period instead of pursuing being with someone for way longer and then having that be a part of them because like as far as I'm concerned that type of energy is like 100% someone who's just like probably going to be a serial cheater because it really isn't that hard to be honest and in a relationship that's like that early stages if you're feeling that way like it should be there's so much less to lose just by telling the person that um but anyways I got played um and, like, I got, like, some really nasty, mean messages that were, like, personally attacking me for not letting things go or for trying to, like, hold them accountable and just standing my ground about certain things. There were some really nasty things said, like, even to the point of being, like, oh, well, like, your last boyfriend probably left you for a reason and, like, you were probably the problem because I said that I was, like, questioning what he told me about his ex because of the shit that he pulled with me and I was, like, 
I, yeah, like, I was like, I, this makes me question your integrity in other relationships. But in my defense, I think I had a reason to say that after having him download Hinge while we were dating along with all these other things. Um, whereas I hadn't given him a reason to feel that way other than calling him out for his bullshit. Um, but yeah, there was a bunch of 180s where it was, and I started just to notice patterns where when I was agreeing with him or saying what he wanted to hear and basically being compliant, super nice to me. But when I would hold my ground and call him on his behavior, nasty, personally attacking, saying really, really mean, unforgivable things, I'm not going to disclose it on this podcast. So once again, if anyone related to this person is watching this, don't worry. I'm not going to talk about the fucking essay that he sent me that is literally the meanest message anyone has sent me. And to be fair, that is a challenge. I am on social media with over a hundred thousand followers on certain apps and there's people who make fake accounts with no identity attached that can say whatever they want to me a stranger who seems like just like a a shell of a human being and they've said mean things like I've had people send me death threats and it still wasn't as nasty I it wasn't a death threat but it was just so mean and targeted just to make me feel bad one of the like no, the meanest message I have ever gotten sent. And you know when you are, or you're on iMessage and the message is so long that you have to click to open it and it opens up on like, a, yeah, it was like that. But anyways, not going to go into detail on it, at least not right now because it was just fucked up. Um, but that also happened in October, I think, I think, or like maybe end of October, beginning of, I think it was October though. And it was just really hard. So I was not myself for all of October and I dropped the ball on like speaking out and advocating for things that I otherwise would have believed in because I was like focused on surviving and just reeling from that. And like, to be honest, like having two things back to back really shitty, like that happen in relationships where you have like actions that people do, like two separate people do to really break your trust in like people that you thought cared about you and that were like seeming really invested it fucks you up um even if you can recognize that that's not the type of person you want to be with long term it it messed me up it made me be like okay like I don't know if I want to like put energy into any human being and potentially have this be the outcome where you're basically sold a completely different version of themselves than what they actually are. And by the time you realize that that's not who they are, you're so invested that it's just like heartbreaking again. And I was like, holy crap, like this is twice in one year. Um, so anyways, needless to say, like I am very put off of dating right now. I've gone on some dates, honestly, just for practice because I have social anxiety and I really haven't dated much because I've been like a really relationship gal um, and stayed in committed relationships, even when they're bad. Um, and yeah, so I haven't really done the dating scene very much and I really don't like it. Like I, I don't like dating. Like I, I'm not a people person enough where I just get joy out of like going out and meeting people. Like I want to have like deeper connections and just have like a close knit small circle of people that I really like and trust. That's my goal. But 
to get to that point, you have to meet people and get to know them. And I really don't like that. So I promised my best friend that I would go on at least five dates. And I promised her that before I started dating um, the last person that I just broke up with. And I didn't follow through with it because I just liked him so much that I put my energy into that. Big mistake. Um, however, now I have gone on at least five dates with five different people. So that's good. Um, and I'm going to just kind of keep casually looking around and hoping that like the right type of person will drop into my lap but like honestly I would rather be completely alone than with someone who makes me feel alone when I'm right next to them and makes me feel like I don't matter so the lesson of 2023 is largely that I need to pick myself more and also and like this is for all of the people listening to this for like anyone who is a human being listening to this like the way I think we should be approaching relationships is that, like, especially once you have your shit sorted out and, like, you know that you have something to offer in a relationship and that you can be nice to people and treat them well and that you can be a loving person. Like, you are the prize. People should be working to get you. You are the prize. You are the trophy. You are the person that you're you're the big win you know like like I know I can be a committed partner I have my shit together I have a business that I'm passionate about I am a highly empathetic person I have a lot of like big social causes that I believe in a lot and that are important to me and for the right person I know I am a catch and that is the attitude that I'm going to be entering 2024 with is that I know I am a catch whether or not someone else sees that is not my problem. If they don't see it, then they're not the one for me. If they think that I'm too much, too passionate, too outspoken about social issues, too leftist, they are not the one for me. If they can't commit to me and not, if they can't think that I'm like the best thing in the world and they're so lucky to have me that they wouldn't put at risk losing me, they are not the one for me. And until I find that person, I'm not committing to anyone. Like, I swear, I said this before, this was my initial plan. Like, I'm not going to exclusively date anyone at this point unless I think they are going to be the person that I will eventually marry. And that is where my attitude is at right now. I don't want to exclusively date anybody unless they're going to be the type of person that I want to marry and be with long term. And until I really am sure about that, I don't want to commit to anybody because the way I see it is like they, they got to sell, sell me on who they are as a person and convince me that they're worth me committing to because I don't want to commit to someone who's going to pull shit like what's happened in my last two relationships. And I'd rather be casually seeing someone and less committed to seeing them long term and have them pull that stuff and just get to dip out right away than commit to being exclusive with them and stop looking around for what else is out there and have them do that when I'm committed to them. So my attitude for going into 2024 is do, doing me. I'm going to keep doing my business. I'm going to keep working on my future. I'm going to keep going and pursuing the goal of buying a farm, which I fully intend to do with or without a partner, for, for the record. It would be easier to do with a partner in this economy, let's be real. But I'm, I'm going to, like, I, it's something that I'm going to do regardless. I don't care. And if I meet someone who doesn't want to do that with me, then they're getting left behind because I am getting that farm. Whoever wants to stay with me long term needs to want to be on a farm 
or at the very bare minimum needs to love me enough that they're willing to fulfill that dream and then have different aspects of their dream be involved. Because as far as I'm concerned, unless you're a diehard city person, a farm is kind of a compromise. You can go and work in the city while still living on a plot of land and I don't expect someone to fully immerse themselves in my career. In fact, I would prefer not to be with someone that is another horse person, to be quite frank, because odds are, the, the, as far as I'm concerned, the risk of them being like a horse-beating person is far too high. Uh, so probably not going to ever go there, to be quite honest, unless they've already been vetted by someone else. Um, all that aside, but that's the attitude that I'm going into 2024 with, is learning how to do me more, learning how to be myself without being super self-conscious, learning how to say my piece, learning how to do what I want in the moment without worrying about who's looking at me and judging me. Because if they're looking at me and judging me, fuck them. Fuck them. If they're looking at me enjoying myself in public doing completely harmless shit and they are judging how I look, they are the problem in that situation, not me. And I know that in my heart, but I still have a hard time doing what I want in fear of being judged by other people in certain situations. Like I want to get to the point where I can just dance and have fun and not worrying about people thinking that I'm a bad dancer or being so self-conscious that I can't enjoy myself in the moment. That is what I'm working towards in 2024 is just being myself because there are certain things that I'm really good at doing and being myself like being outspoken about my societal views and like stuff about like horse welfare and stuff I've gotten very comfortable with that through lots of practice so that's something that I can do but there's other things that I have a harder time doing I have a harder time speaking up for myself in certain situations I have a harder time being myself in situations where I think I'm being perceived and judged by other people with things that I'm less comfortable with. I have a lot of social anxiety. I'm less comfortable in crowds. I want to work on all those things so that I can be comfortable anywhere and just be comfortable being myself anywhere I go, regardless of the situation and not be fixated on how other people are viewing me and valuing me. That is my goal for 2024. And I still fall into some of those self-conscious tendencies even with the horse things I've just gotten way better at that over the years because I've been putting so much time into practicing it so now it's time to put that same energy into doing other things and I've been practicing it through dating even though I'm not really invested in finding a relationship right now because I just don't trust anyone um, but it's good practice from the standpoint of like I have been using it to practice not being as like not constantly second guessing what I'm about to say I just say what I want to say and if the person doesn't like what I'm saying their loss and maybe maybe my loss too if I say something that's stupid and doesn't land um but who cares move on on to the next one you know like it it doesn't matter uh if I make a fool of myself and I say something silly or if they think that I sound stupid or they don't like the way I look or they don't like the things that I talk about that just is a sign that they don't align with me as a person or a friend. And the people who do align with me and who do see me and who will see me through me being a fool and stay around are the types of people that I'll attract just by being my authentic self. I am done trying to be the type of person that I think other people will want to have and worrying more about being the type of person that they value in a relationship if they're not doing the same for me. Uh, because at the end of the day, if I'm just being myself, I'll attract the right type of friends who see me for who I am and who just want to be there for me regardless. And while 
I'll lose people who don't see me and who don't like me for who I am. It's not really a loss because then I don't have to wear a mask anymore. What I've realized these last several years, and it's kind of been a slow realization that has snowballed more and more, and then as the snowball gets larger, it happens faster, is that I've been wearing a mask for so long. I've been hiding who I truly am, and I've been trying to portray myself as someone that I think as someone that I think other people will like in and out of the horse world and it started off slow for me and my changes in horsemanship too and then got a lot faster these last several years but for years I was doing things that I thought were important to other people thinking that I was doing them for myself when really that wasn't the case and I've gotten a better handle on understanding when I'm doing that in the horse world and being more authentic to myself in the horse world, but I haven't been as successful in having the same speed of change in day-to-day life outside of the horse world, and now that is what I'm focused on. I used to, in high school and shortly thereafter, I couldn't go anywhere without wearing makeup. Like, if you go look and look back at my YouTube videos from, like, 2015, 2016, you'll notice a huge difference in how made up I am in those videos versus now. And it wasn't because I really enjoyed doing makeup. It felt like a chore to me, but I was just so self-conscious that I couldn't go on and film or go out in public or go out with partners or see my boyfriends without makeup on. And... I've gotten to the point now where I don't care. Like, I'll go anywhere without makeup on. I very rarely wear makeup. And when I do wear makeup, it's because I want to. And I will really quickly stop wearing makeup ever or even sometimes right away in front of, like, people that I'm pursuing romantically. Like, I just don't care anymore. And that's, like, a big change that I've had in my level of self-confidence over the years that is more noticeable. But there's smaller things related to, like, masking and, like, certain actions and just, like, quieting myself and my true voice and fear of judgment that I haven't been as successful on that I need to start working on more. So what I've started doing is I've developed better coping mechanisms. Like, I journal every day now, even if it's just one sentence. I try to write at least one sentence a day. And I have like a habit tracker that helps hold me accountable. And that's honestly really helped because it also will give me a, like a database to go look back on and see how I was feeling at any given time if I keep journaling. So I'm trying to do all these little things for myself, such as like stretching, journaling, drinking more water, taking my vitamins every morning, taking my meds every morning. And I know that sounds like the bare minimum, but it was stuff that I was struggling to do very recently because I was just so depressed and I wasn't focusing on myself. I was like living for other people and now my perspective has really massively shifted and I had to go through some shit that really sucked to get to that point but I finally hit the point where it's like okay I think I've learned the lessons that I need to now and I think that my focus has changed to such a point that I really do believe that I'm going to attract and manifest the types of things that I'm looking for simply through changing the way that I approach things. I'm not going to put up with as much bullshit and like I might end up like I hope I won't like I, I'm pretty sure I won't I'm, I'm gonna say that I won't but like if I have to look back at this podcast next year after having done the same thing again next year in terms of relationships then I'm just gonna freaking sell my truck and literally get a clown car and just start being a clown because that that is literally what I am but hopefully hopefully that won't be the case um because I intend to not let that happen and to be way more careful in the way that I approach things. Um, And I've just kind of had a big perspective shift. The other thing that I've noticed too is that like, which this has also helped with self-confidence, but it's like not something that I value enough to the point where it's like I'm reliant on perspectives of other people for how I feel about myself. No, like my self-perspective and how I feel about myself 
and my self-esteem is grounded in myself and the people really close to me and their perspectives of me because they're the ones who really see me. Like, people who don't know me very well can say what they will about my character, but they don't know me, so I don't value myself based on them. But with that said, doing what I've been doing where I've been going on dates for social practice, it has given me more confidence from the standpoint of I've realized, like, I've gone on dates with people who have jobs that I would be viewed to be more deeply educated than me, higher profile than me, um more socially accepted than my job and more respected than my job that really are interested in what I have to say and want to go and see me again and are deeply interested in me as a person and this has happened repeatedly so I'm like okay cool like there are people who do see my value even if it's only in the beginning because like everyone that I've dated and stayed with did see my or at least pretended to see my value initially and then once they had me that's when stuff shifted so I recognize that that could change but being able to go and talk to lots of different people has given me more perspective on myself and like the types of people that I align most closely with and what I want. So anyways, that's my year-end recap and that's kind of the attitude that I'm going into 2024 with and I encourage other people to do to do the same because we aren't on this planet long enough to be living a life that's not the one that we want. And like I know that is such a privileged take because there's barriers in our way that really do prevent people from fully getting what they want but ultimately we get to choose how we behave in any given moment for the most part so if we get to choose to behave in a way that is authentic to ourselves and makes ourselves feel good even if we're living through trauma and really hard times at the bare minimum we are exercising our autonomy in those moments to be the truest version of ourselves and therefore the happiest most authentic version of ourselves we're not masking anymore so i encourage people to approach that the same way and stop caring so much about what other people will think about you and start asking yourself if this person will judge me for being true to myself and being who i am as a person and being authentic to my likes and my dislikes and what how I how I want to view the world. If they're going to dislike me and mock me and want to be away from me for that, is that the type of person I want in my life? And obviously that's within reason because if you're doing things that are like objectively shitty and unkind and toxic to people, then good friends and family and romantic partners do call you out on that and they'll hold you accountable. But there is a line Calling someone out for how they have hurt you and expressing how their actions have deeply injured your soul, that's not toxic just because it makes them feel bad about themselves. Bullying people, that is toxic. Being mean and degrading for no reason, that is toxic. And engaging in unhealthy coping mechanisms, that can for sure be toxic. So there's things that are toxic that people who care about you will bring up because they want to see you become a better person and take better care of yourself and be more true to your nature. But there's also things that people will label as toxic or politically incorrect or not okay because it makes them uncomfortable and that's the only thing. The amount of people who tell me that I am too outspoken because I talk about horse welfare and I'll bluntly put things through the lens of science and be like this is what science says. This is not good welfare for horses and they'll say that it's mean and what they mean is that what I've said has hurt their feelings because they're not prepared to hear the truth and sometimes I do put things too bluntly and I can for sure work on that but with that said if the only way you can avoid making someone not feel bad is by withholding truth and placating them with lies, then that's not healthy either. So 
this is a very long-winded way of just saying like try to pursue your life in a way that you're not going to regret in the future like I my grandma is a great example and lots of old people will say this too that they have a lot of regrets of things that they didn't do that they didn't say and situations that they were silent during when they wished that they had spoken out and they regret it later there's usually less regret for things that they have done than there's things for things that they haven't done and I don't want to hit the point where I'm like 80 some odd years old and I have spent so many years not being authentic to myself and where I regret the fact that I have lost all those years I would rather get started on it earlier and do it imperfectly and make mistakes along the way but start to perfect it earlier in life so that when by the time I hit my elderly years I have lived in a way that is authentic and true to myself and where I've learned lessons that I needed to learn by being true to myself and being who I want to be. I would rather do that so much more. So that is my motto for 2024. We'll see if it comes true. Um, Definitely hold me accountable if you see me dating someone that you think looks sketchy because I've got to say a couple of you guys have messaged me or DM'd me on Instagram like long-term followers after I've broken up with people and the things that you have said have been so on point and you notice them early on and like I've had people be like yeah I got really violently bad vibes from this guys but these guys but I didn't want to say anything so I didn't technically know them and I didn't want to like upset you and I mean like yeah I probably would have gotten upset if they said it right at the beginning but I was like oh my god but yeah hold me accountable um like anyone that I date next and actually post on social media needs to pass the vibe check and if they don't then I have failed yet again which like I don't like losing so I'm tired of failing and I'm gonna do better next time but yeah be authentic and true to yourself even if not everyone sings the same tune as you even if not everyone wants to listen to your music just be yourself because the longer you spend being someone else, the harder it is to find who you really are. And what I've learned about myself is that I spent a lot of years thinking that I knew what I want and thinking that I knew who I am when really I was kind of going about the motions, doing what I thought other people wanted me to be or like what I saw other people doing when it wasn't really what I wanted. So that's my year-end recap and I know a lot of that kind of went down to relationship dynamics but honestly that was like such a defining point of this year because I just lost so many months of doing things that are enjoyable and fulfilling to me and doing things that are important to me and like putting myself first because I was just getting so all consumed by how other people were treating me and like how what they said hurt me and I let it impact me too much and I don't intend to continue doing that in 2024. Like, I really need to get out of that because it's been a bad habit of mine um, where I've kind of let my relationships become all-consuming and become too much of a focal point in my life even when the person doesn't deserve it. So um, that's my year-end recap because the horses were the healthiest part of this year and I'm very grateful for them, but I lost so much time with them that would have been spent so much better with them than it would have spent being sad in my bed and dealing with bullshit and being upset and irritated by people on a far more regular basis than what's healthy in any relationship. The last thing that I'll say is that like what I kind of my perspective now is that like my really good close friends that I have 
we don't always see eye to eye on everything, but we re- very rarely argue. We don't have fights. There's not a whole lot of discourse. There's not a lot of times over, like, I, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times in the last, like, five years that my close friends have ever made me feel bad. And it's never even been to a fraction of the point that people I've dated romantically have made me feel bad where they've like made me feel earth shatteringly depressed. Like my friends never make me feel that way. So that's kind of the type of relationships that I want to build with everyone is developing such a core friendship and such a foundation of respect that there isn't the same repeated basis of hurt over the course of fairly short time periods because it's not normal in a friendship. So why should it be in a healthy relationship? I don't think it is. Um, So anyways, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And this year has been a time, but I have learned lots and now I'm hoping to come back better than ever because I have lost too many months to depression that's been largely induced by allowing myself to be too impacted by the actions of other people who are doing things to hurt me that I don't have to put up with. So it all comes back to me. But anyways, thank you for listening to my year-end recap. I hope that this resonated with people. If it did, please let me know. Like, share share your piece. I hope your year was good. I hope anyone who's having a hard time has a better year next year. Um, and yeah, I'm here for you because honestly... We all are collectively going through it in different ways and everyone handles things differently, but everyone has their hardships. So I hope you are all doing okay. Uh, Thank you to everyone who supports this podcast and who supports my work. It's really appreciated. Um, It means a lot to me. Like anytime anyone subscribes to my Patreon or like honestly to this podcast, my YouTube channel, any or follows any of my socials, it means a lot. Subscribing to Patreon for even like a dollar a month, everything helps and it just lets me continue doing what I'm doing and produce more content and put more time into doing free content and videos and then also doing the paid content on Patreon. So it's really appreciated all of your support. Supporting my brand is super appreciated as well. Like people who buy my riding apparel or equestrian apparel, that is so helpful. Honestly, like it helps me do what I do. And like every time someone makes a purchase to me, it's like one step closer to my end goal of getting a farm. Um, and it's just, it's like, yeah, it means a lot because like I, the only reason that I even have a hope in hell in the future of accomplishing those dreams is because of like what I've built and like the people who supported my business. So I'm deeply grateful for that. And I hope that I can continue to build it so that I can overcome the cost of living that is currently outpacing me and making it so that I'll probably never be a home buyer because it's like the stat here is like 98% of first-time home buyers have help from parents. My parents don't have property or money that they can help me buy property with, so I'm SOL for that, so I have to be part of the 2%, and that's going to be really hard. But developing my business and continuing to share my piece and having people listen and believe in me enough to support what I do is part of the process, and it means more than words can say, honestly. It means more than words can say. So thank you to everyone. For anyone who's interested in supporting those um, things like my Patreon or my shop, you can check them down below in the description of this podcast. My shop page is shopmilestoneeq.com. That's shopmilestoneeq.com. 
Um, and I'm having a huge sale on apparel, massive discounts. I'm trying to clear out a bunch of apparel because I'm running out of space in my little warehouse in my house, aka the storage part of the basement. Um, I'm running out of space, so I need to clear out stuff. I also have some new bridles coming in. The new Western bitted bridles have been released now, so for anyone who rides Western in a bit, those are out. I also have a new version of the Western bitless bridles out, and I have some new side poles coming out soon. I just need to take product photos, so those will be coming soon, and they'll be posted to the website very, very soon. So thank you to everyone for your support. Every purchase that is made means so freaking much to me. I notice all of them and everything helps. Like everything, like I can't even stress it enough. And this, this goes for any small business. So if you want to make someone's day, shop at a small business because they notice all of your purchases and you help real people and families live their lives and achieve their dreams in doing so. Whereas a billionaire corporation is not going to notice those purchases in the same way at all. So please support small businesses this holiday season. And thank you for watching or listening, I guess. And thank you for all your support. If you're interested in more ways to support my work and where else to find me, check out the podcast description. And like I said, please share this podcast if it spoke to you and let me know your thoughts. Let me know how your year is going. What's your year recap like? Can you relate to anything I've said here? Let me know. Um, thank you for listening and yeah, don't forget to look me up the making milestones podcast. I'm on Spotify and most major podcast providers. And I also take suggestions for, um, episode topics. Like this podcast is kind of a mishmash. It's mostly horsey stuff for sure, but I talk about anything. So there's other stuff you want me to talk about, whether it's horse related or not. I always really do appreciate suggestions because it can help inspire me to make a podcast when I don't have ideas. So don't be shy reach out. And yeah, thank you everyone and have a great night.